Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. What I'm reminded about with this episode is that winning and achieving are fun. And once you get a taste of achieving and winning the things that you've been called to, you don't want to go back. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And in this episode, we get into what it takes to win, what it takes to achieve and accomplish the things that you've been called to. And two of those things are goal setting and networking, or as my guest Dean Maddox talks about in this podcast, relationship building. So this conversation was so good that we've decided to divide it into two podcasts. This is the first time we've done this. This first one that you'll hear today is about goal setting. And the next one that we'll release is about networking. And this goal setting episode is tied to chapter eight of my book, which is called Set Goals, One Month and Three Years. And in that chapter, I talked about the goals I set for the first month I was in business and what I was able to achieve in three years and goal setting was a huge component of both of those achievements. And today and during the podcast, you'll get to hear from someone who I personally know is exceptional at goal setting, my good friend and mentor, D. Maddox. D. Maddox is the founder of DMX Consulting, which specializes in performance management. With over two decades of experience in human resources across multiple industries and states, Coupled with a master's level education, Dee believes that the most important asset in a business is its people. Her core belief is that demanding excellence in everything leads to success. She is a skilled trainer, a sought after and popular public speaker, a published author, a regular podcast guest, and let me add a phenomenal friend. In her personal life, Dee is actively involved in serving the community and has been awarded for that in many realms. She calls Frisco, Texas her home and has been happily married for 25 years with two amazing young adult children. This episode is so good. It's going to encourage you, challenge you, and give you some tools and ideas to help you achieve all that you are called to achieve. You have come to the right place today. Enjoy. so much for joining today's episode. Um, You are in for a treat with this conversation. I have with me one of my closest friends. Our family's vacation together. We do life together and it's such a blessing. Such a blessing. And from that place, Dee, I've been able to just witness your journey, like from a career in federal government to 
business ownership to, you know, kind of a sought after speaker and podcast guest and just the tremendous commitment in the community that you have as well. People may not recognize that, but, you know, I've seen you get recognized for that as well. And just so many amazing things you've done. I'm excited to learn from you and to learn about you've just demonstrated such adaptability in these pivots, like the ability to just be successful in these different realms. And I find that expiring. I find that exciting. And I'm looking forward to learning even more. I feel like I know a lot, but I'm looking forward to learning even more. I think you're the perfect person to drag the truth out of me. So (laughs) prepared to share. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. Thank you for joining. And these two topics, let me tell you, I you know, they're topics that the research and just our own lived experience tells us are so important to not only career and work success, but just life enjoyment, life success. I mean, there's a reason I think every organization I've worked with and most organizations in the world use some form of goal setting um, Mm -hmm. around performance. They may not be getting it right, but all I think everyone's trying it. And these are two topics at which you are just exceptional goal setting and networking hands down, I've learned so much from you in these areas. And so I'm super looking forward to this conversation. Um, I think I've been able to see it and learn from it somewhat, but I'm looking forward to kind of going under the tent and understanding even more about how you do these things. So we're going to get into it. I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. So let's just start with goal setting. Like, you know, I know a lot of the training and work you do with organizations and teams is around performance and performance management. Just what do you think of when we say goal setting and and why is it important? I think of a goal as the desired outcome, and it really shapes our behavior and our focus, Mm -hmm. hands down. That's just it. If you don't have a goal, then what are you doing and why and what drives your activity? So that's what I think, why you have to have it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I use a lot of game analogies, like how do you know you're winning if you're not keeping score? Well, the goal of any game is to win. But that comes through the activities and the focus, whether, you know, most sports have offense and defense. So what are you focused on at that particular time? So, you know, we hear when we talk about performance, attention, mindset and behavior. Where's your attention? Where's your mindset? And how are you going to behave? That behavior is going to drive your focus and that focus is going to help you reach those goals. And without it, you're sort of you're aimless. Mm-hmm. You have nowhere to go. Yeah. When you said that, it reminded me of... um I remember, I think been James Clear or some book I was reading and they were saying that like everyone playing the game wants to win, yes. <laughs> but, but you know, you, you want to win, but I think goal setting to your point is about actually winning. Like it's, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you kind of want to win, but are you doing the things that help you to win, you know, every right. day? Um, and in that book, he does talk about uh, goal setting, but he talks about everyone wants to win, but it's not about winning the game. It's about mm-hmm. the steps you take. And those steps, if they're iterative, then you continue just playing at a certain level. It's really not about the outcome of the win, but the things you did Mm -hmm. to get the win. And that's Mm. what I feel like the goals are that drive your behavior and your focus to that winning behavior. So you're not just shooting for that one time win, then you are a winner because you're Mm. executing that behavior over and over again. Ooh, that's good. Not shooting for the win, but just being a winner, like just the way you show up, the way you operate. Winners wake up early. Winners hydrate. Winners get rest. Like you're not going to play your best if you're not hydrated, if you're not uh, prepared. So Mm -hmm. that drives that behavior and that focus to execute that winning behavior. Instead Mm -hmm. of just trying to win that one game and then stopping, we won. And then you stop doing all the things that got you there. You Mm -hmm. just continue to focus on the winning behavior. 
And there are a lot of things we do that with, I think. God, we won. Like, <laughs> we I'm not even going to bring, I'm not even going to bring my weight loss journey into this. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> we I'm can call it a collective, a collective weight loss journey for the female, <laughs> for the female gender. It's a collective yes. weight loss journey. I mean, but yeah, sometimes we don't, we don't focus on the consistency, iterative things. We focus on the win. And to your point, once you win, like, where's your motivation after that? Um, exactly. Mm, yeah. So what do you think are some of the important components of doing it right? Like if you're going to do goal setting the right way that contributes to kind of this iterative being a winner, you know, beyond that one win, what are some things you think contribute to that or components of that? Uh, I think commitment and clarity. So, you know, I'm an alliteration person and I love words and, and all the things, but there are four C's, but the two most important ones I think are commitment and clarity. If you have clarity around your outcome, like we've used when as an opportunity, mm -hmm. if you're going to win something, then you have to understand that what is measured is going to win, right? Uh, like what, what you're going to measure is going to get you there. So clarity mm -hmm. around the desired outcome mm -hmm. and the commitment to it. So if you're not committed, then you're likely not going to achieve the goal. So mm -hmm. what are you trying to do? And are you committed to doing it? So clarity and commitment, I think, mm -hmm. are the two key factors. There are a couple of others that you encounter, but those are the two main ones. I think when you go into all of them, so we could say four and you, you know about SMART goals and all the things, but none of that matters unless you're clear about what you're trying to do and you're committed to doing it. Mm -hmm. Is that clarity and commitment? How do you think, like, how do you think people know if they're committed or not? Because you know, sometimes it feels like you start out on something and you think you're committed, <laughs> but That's maybe you're question. not. Like, how do you think people know, can kind of figure out that? That is such a great question. And it's not difficult to figure out whether you're committed, because if you're not committed, anything can change your behavior, whether it's a hangnail, a paper cut, <laughs> a strong wind. <laughs> Listen, rain. <laughs> yes, weather. So there. Any factor can deter you from focus if you are not committed. Mm -hmm. That is how you know you're not committed. Any tiny thing can shift your focus. When you are committed, you're running in the cold and the rain on the cloudy day. When you have the sniffles, when you have uh, one hangnail, one tiny paper cut, you're doing it anyway. So when you're committed, you're going to move forward with the right behaviors and the right activity. When you're not committed, anything can shift your focus. That's mm. how you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. I've had both. I've had areas of commitment and areas that I thought were commitment. And to your point, yeah. the, the wind blows and it's like, oh, so <laughs> that's, that's when that. it shifts from commitment to interest. I'm yeah. interested in winning, but I'm not committed to winning. Yeah. I won't run today. So if you're going to build, like if you're going to run a marathon and you start with walking around the block mm -hmm. and you go from a block to a mile, from a mile to a 5k, from a 5k to a half marathon to a full marathon, but you have to build up the resistance of getting those uh, steps and those miles in. in. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you get off of the pattern of increasing the miles that you run, then you're probably never going to make it to the end. You're not going to see yourself through to a marathon mm -hmm. if you can't get past the 5k. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that, I mean, that's one way I was trying to think of like, what are ways people, are there ways you can build commitment over time? Like that sounds like one, like maybe this mm -hmm. kind of chunking it up. Like, what do you think are the best ways you can, maybe you're not committed now, but you feel like you want to be <laughs> maybe so, like other ways to get there. So, you know, this because we're friends, but I'm a movie buff and there's an old movie with Bill Murray 
And the way you build that commitment and in the movie, he was a psychologist, baby steps. Oh yeah. Baby steps. You build a commitment with baby steps and it's the Mm -hmm. same premise. Uh, Of course, years later, James Clear wrote Atomic Habits, but making tiny commitments that you can keep consistently. I know we're going to go through all the C's, but commitment and clarity are one, but consistency is the other. If you can become consistent with one tiny thing, then Mm -hmm. then you're building the muscle to commitment, Mm -hmm. building that muscle. Mm -hmm. Like you're walking around the block. So now you've got the posture. You're, walk, you're speed walking, you yeah. go from speed walking to running, from running to sprinting, right? So you just start with tiny commitments yeah. in order to build that commitment muscle. Yeah, I mean, I think about that with even just, you know, I remember in this business, it was starting with kind of social, like posting, social networking posting, uh-huh. and it wasn't something I particularly enjoyed doing at the time, <laughs> but I felt like I needed to be committed to it. But that's, that's what someone who was helping with my social media strategy said, they're like, okay, well, like, what can you commit to? Can you commit to one a week? Can you commit to exactly. month, whatever it is? And I think that's what they were trying to do. They're just trying to build a little bit of muscle so that it mm-hmm. could increase over time. But they were very thoughtful about not trying to give me too much initially and not saying, oh, you need to do videos three times a week or, you know, they're like, okay, what can you commit to? And I was like, I exactly. guess I could do once a week. And so, and as they said, once I did once a week, you know, over time, now I've gotten much more comfortable with it. It's much more, I do it more often than I did before. So yeah, I, I could see that working for sure. And when you have that happening, then you don't think about it. So now you're used to it and we build behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. So there's no thought that goes into, I'm going to post every Wednesday. I've committed to posting once a week. Mm-hmm. So now you're comfortable and you don't think about it. You expect to post on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then if someone says, you know, why don't you add Friday? And you thought, ah, you know, you're not, you're not thinking about Wednesday, maybe you can. And now it becomes a matter of repeating that pattern on just another day. So you're increasing the frequency, but you actually haven't changed the behavior. You're just increasing the frequency. Right. Which is a lot easier once you have the behavior. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, okay. We've talked about the three C's. Now we might as well know the fourth. Cause now I feel like, I, <laughs> now I feel like I have to know the fourth. <laughs> we've talked about commitment, clarity, and consistency. Uh, what's the fourth? Complexity, like different goals. Yeah, complexity. So when you're starting with those baby steps, you're really going to go the simple route. You're not going to try to cook a cake. You might start with a cookie or a cupcake. You're not going to start with three individual layers and three separate pans. You're going to start with one tiny edible object, right? So the complexity, the complexity of the goals. If you have simple goals, then you can build into more complex goals. Mm, Over time. Over time. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. goes into that smart goal, which talk, talking about it being timely so mm-hmm. that the complexity, whether it's simple, less time, if it's complex, more time. So keeping that T and what I think we all know, the smart goal acronym, making sure that it's timely. Well, the time will vary based on the complexity of the goal itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, have you seen, like, how have you seen it work for a person, yourself, others? How have you seen goal setting really work to deliver, you know, whatever it is that person is kind of going against or trying to achieve. I think that we get busy with activity Mm -hmm. and you may not actually be accomplishing anything without a goal, but you're doing lots of things. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about me personally, but (laughs) if you actually have a goal, (laughs) then you know what you're working towards and then you see that deliverable and there's a measurable outcome. Mm -hmm. So me personally, Let's talk about house projects. 
my goal was to curate my closet down to things that I only actually wear. Well, that hasn't happened because I didn't give myself a time frame. I didn't give myself a section to start with the floor, the hanging clothes, the folded clothes on the shelf. Like you have to have somewhere to start to actually begin the process. So I didn't actually have a goal. So dare I say, I actually haven't accomplished anything towards getting my closet organized. Yeah, you. but you've made progress, right? Or Again, I've made progress, but progress towards what end? Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have a time frame in mind. I didn't say I'd like to have two clear shelves or uh, a foot of space to hang things in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or unused space because everything's just sort of jam packed in there like a bunch of sardines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could, you know, and I could see how not even if you do accomplish a lot, if you don't have the goal, it probably doesn't even feel like the level of accomplishment it would if you'd said, okay, my goal is to take out 10% and you accomplish 10%, that might be like, you know what? I did That's 10%. Measurable. Yeah. And that might give me kind of the the motivation or the energy to keep going. But mm-hmm. yeah, without a goal, it probably can feel kind of endless and a little bit exactly. you know, easy to kind of walk away from it even. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you've accomplished nothing. You have mm-hmm. nothing to show for it. And there was no measurable factor. Mm-hmm. But I like what you said, 10%. Like, even if you said the category, I'm going to start with shoes and move to sweaters. Yeah. Some type of focus mm-hmm. that will lead to an observable measure that you can count towards achievement. Mm-hmm. So I probably have removed some things and added some things, but I can't tell where or when because there was no system. There was no focus because mm-hmm. you're doing it all over the place. Right. Yeah. Like you start cleaning in one room and then move to another room, unless you say I'm going to do bathrooms first, then bedrooms, then free living space. You Mm -hmm. have a system. What about, um, how have you seen this work in in like a work context? Do you have any examples around how maybe it's worked for someone or you and in a work context around achieving something that they were hoping to achieve? Oh yeah. Team goals. Uh, So at work, most of the the thought process for me behind focusing on performance Mm -hmm. came from being responsible for collaborating across teams. Uh, So I was working in a division with multiple branches and one of those branches, multiple teams Mm -hmm. and serving as uh, an analyst to collect information and synthesize it and produce it in a way that it could be digested by people outside of the division. Well, getting all of those inputs from multiple teams in multiple ways, having a goal of when that report was going to be delivered using a time-based approach for mm. multiple teams. Mm. The goal is to have the report produced on time and its completion accurately, but collecting the inputs or the process of collecting that inputs is a series of communications that have to be timely and have to be systematic in order to get everyone to actually respond. Mm. That's the crazy part. Getting everyone to actually respond to the request. So the goal of having a complete delivered product by a certain time frame and a work, it it impedes your performance if you can't get everyone to play by the same rules. So what, because you were able to do that. I know you did that regularly with this this kind of, (laughs) this task of collaborating across all these different people. Um, Like, what do you think worked for you? Like, what was the, what was the, were there a couple of like, secret sauce, like things that you thought really worked in kind of getting all those people together to align on that? Actually using the consistent method of regular reminders. So the communication piece of Mm -hmm. scheduling the reminders in in advance of the actual deadline. Then you start saying, oh, it's Monday. That's Dee sending the reminder. She's going to need that by Wednesday. And then on Friday saying final call. 
So systematic approach to early initiation, middle reminder, and then final call. Even though you know it's coming again and again, kind of like Netflix is saying, do you want to continue? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to watch this next episode? We'll, we'll begin in five seconds. It's giving you an opportunity to cancel and switch to something else. And yeah. that's saying, well, if I don't have the information she needs, I got a couple of more days before she sends that final reminder. So yeah. just getting people prepared with that cadence that it's going to come and you're going to have a couple of opportunities and then thanking them and then showing gratitude and acknowledging and celebrating the completion was the main thing. Celebrating when you actually achieve the goals. Yeah. Thanking everyone for a stellar report or full completion or being on time. Now, you thank everyone, even if there was one outlier, like you still say, thanks everyone for getting your <laughs> report in on time. And then that one person who knows that they didn't, they're yeah. thinking, Every, everybody was on time. She must not have noticed. Yes, I did. But I'm <laughs> celebrating the large majority. So right. they're celebrating the wins and they enjoy being acknowledged for achieving mm -hmm. the goal. So mm -hmm. celebrating the wins when the goals are actually achieved was, mm -hmm. was another little secret sauce. So yeah. regular communication uh, consistently and celebrating the goals that are achieved. I mean, and that, the early reminder kind of midpoint <laughs> check-in and final, you call it final reminder? Yeah, final, final. Final, final reminder. I can see where that would be really helpful. And I think a lot of us, I'm wondering about people listening. Sometimes you hear that and think, well, like I shouldn't have to do that. Like, mm -hmm. this is what I hear people say sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. I, I shouldn't have to do that because we're all adults. Like this, is, I mean, I, shoot, I've said this probably myself, but we're all adults. You know, this is due on Friday, whatever it is. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. What would you, what's your thought in response to that? You shouldn't have to, but if you're going to focus, so um, attention, mindset, behavior, if your attention is on having a complete report with the most robust inputs possible, that means having it from everyone. So I'm not so much focused on what you should be doing. I'm focused on your humanness that maybe something came up or maybe it's not your favorite thing to do, but ultimately I want to win and I want to have a complete picture of the performance for the entire division. The only way to do that is to have inputs from everyone. So I'm not so much focused on, yes, you should. Yes, you're getting paid to do it. And yes, you know, it's coming every time. I'm only going to focus on the fact that I never like to play what I call the gotcha game, that you should have done it, but then something very simple and human happened and you were unable to. So when you get that reminder, you may think, oh, wait, I, I was going to do that. Or I started to do that. Yeah. Or it's that time again. And then because I haven't played the gotcha game, then you're more likely to be responsive and I'm going to have more agreeable outcomes. I mean, and I, I totally agree with you because I think it's easy to get caught up in like what others should be doing. Right. You know, but the reality is everyone's very busy. There's mm -hmm. lots going on to your point. There's lots of just humanity living the human humanity. life. Life is life. cause you to forget something. And, you know, I, it takes like more work up front, but it, it almost probably takes less work in the end because, you know, if a lot of people are doing something and you have to follow up with five after the deadline, you're still gonna have to spend that time following up. It adds more stress, probably more tension in the relationship. Like there's a... I could see why the early works. And um, I think that's important for all of us to consider because I think a lot of times we just want to say, oh, I shouldn't have to do that. And yeah. then you wait for someone else. And then you're, to your point, you don't win. You don't get it in on time. You, you don't, don't win. information you need. You don't win because we're worried about what someone else should be doing instead of mm -hmm. owning it completely and figuring out what, okay, they may or may not do their part, but what could I do? You know? And yeah. it doesn't do you any service at all if your focus is shifted to the what everyone else should be doing. 
Mm. If it's my responsibility to maintain my credibility, so I'm providing outcome, I'm providing deliverables that key stakeholders in the entire organization are going to be using my information mm. to make decisions with. I don't want to jeopardize my credibility mm. by providing incomplete information. I mean, it makes complete sense. I think that ownership, that's something you, you've you always had. Like you have a high degree of ownership for the things that you own. And I think that's something for all of us to consider because sometimes in organizations, you can start to think, well, you know, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this part? They should and, be- And the why. Yeah, it's like, you could really get that. You could let that seep into your mindset and change the way you show up. And probably the results you're getting too. So, and that's the whole premise behind the deed. Mm-hmm. So, my trademark is the deed. The mm-hmm. deed is the ownership, and mm-hmm. it's something that I have embodied in my personal life and my professional life. And so, the thing that you're talking about, the ownership, the synonym in one of the books that I love, Twelve Week Year, mm-hmm. equates ownership with accountability. Mm-hmm. And that ownership, the deed. Deed signifies, it's it's a document that signifies ownership. If you have a process, then you have to own it if you want to make sure that it's successful. So the whole premise behind DMX Consulting, Demand Excellence to Achieve Success, the three factors are the why, the expectations, and the accountability. The synonym for that accountability is the ownership. If I own it, it belongs to me. How many homeowners, let's think about the American dream, homeownership. It's no one else's responsibility to take out your trash, to trim back your trees, to keep your lawn cut, to make sure you have utilities and running water. The owner has those responsibilities. I can't say, well, why why doesn't the HOA do that for me? The HOA keeps the neighborhood, talking about the organization, together, but not the individual components and the factors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that part, that ownership mm-hmm. is super important. It's critical. Yeah. Man, if we could only own all the things that are important to us, we could achieve so, so much more than worrying about what other people exactly. or won't do, um, you know, any one of those. And what you've just outlined are the actual challenges, worried mm-hmm. about the behaviors of others that you can't control. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the disruptive piece. You're all on a team. You can't win unless everyone does their part. But several championship teams across all sports have only focused on individual achievement and then putting them all together for team success Mm -hmm. so if if i do what i'm supposed to do yeah and do it to the best of my ability now i produced a credible comprehensive thoughtful report for key decisions that are going to impact lives of hundreds of thousands of people because i did what i was supposed to do without worrying about you being on pto who your backup was how many times you take coffee breaks how long you're out of the office for lunch. I cannot focus on what you did with your time. I can only remind you that my deadline is still looming. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because it, it just as you were saying that, I was thinking if we allow ourselves to focus on what other people are or are not doing, how they're doing it, our view of how they're doing it or not. Yeah, that can be a rabbit trail you never come back from. I mean, for yeah. a really long time. Yeah, that's one of those negative postures that causes us to be counterproductive. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, I love that. So let me ask you this. Um, I was thinking about this just before we joined, which was I don't know, you may not even remember this. So I'm curious about how you would connect kind of the goal setting piece with excellence, which I know is a part of um, kind of the deed, your process. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought about something you told me one time. I don't even, you, you may not even remember this, but I was working on something. I can't remember if it was a website, but it was something. And it was taking longer than I wanted because it just didn't look right. You know, there's some things that just weren't showing up the way I wanted it to. And so I was still continuing to work on it. Um, and it was going to cost a little more money and a little more time. And I think I was like, oh, maybe I should just put it out there. I don't know. I was trying to decide. And you said something like, this is how I remember it in my head. You can correct me if the quote is wrong. Something like, never apologize for quality. I'm, I'm trying to think has that. And that has stuck with me so many times. And that helped me in that moment because I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, why should I worry about it being you know, maybe it's a little more money, but I had it to invest. Why should I worry about being a little more time if I know that what I'm putting out there is a quality product for whoever's going to access it? And I think it was the website, but I could be wrong. But that's part of the excellence part that I think you bring to everything you do, but also to like your consulting practice. Like just talk a little bit about how you think about excellence and performance and and how that, talk a little bit about what that means to you. Yeah. So the demand excellence part, so, you know, with DMX being my name and then the demand part being my initials, DMX, DMATX, demand excellence, mm-hmm. excellence has to be a desire. You have to decide that that's going to be your focus and that's your desired outcome. And it doesn't take breaks. It doesn't make excuses. There are no exceptions. So when you go think about project management, they say you can have it fast and cheap, but not quality. It's very difficult for a project manager to get all three. You, yeah. if, you, if you're going to have it fast, then it's probably not going to be quality. If you're going to have high quality, then it's probably not going to be cheap. The three components and how they exist, you can only focus and do one really well. And if you just decide that putting out the most excellent outcome mm-hmm. is your goal, then you don't factor in the money. You don't factor in the time. You just keep working on it until you have the product that you want that you, and and there's no, you're unapologetic about how long it took. You don't focus on the factors of, well, if I do this, it's going to be that. Are you going to arrive at the best outcome without worrying about time commitment, without worrying about financial resources? Are you putting the best effort into it? You know how, like, even with the kids, if you tell me you made a C in school and you studied really hard and you were well-prepared, you got a good night rest, you showed up to the test on time, and you thoughtfully responded to everything and all you got was a C, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's your best effort based on all the inputs. Mm-hmm. If you tell me you didn't study, you didn't know there was going to be an exam and you just showed up and you got a C, then I'm thinking that an A was possible if you had done all of the investing that it takes to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. So you have to want to be your best. And yeah. I think even as children, going back to my second grade teacher, Ms. Hamill, and the prize box, once you realize there's a reward system in place for high execution, who doesn't want a trip to the prize box? I want the prize box. I know I want the prize box, the sticker, the star, the extra PE, or whatever it's going to get you. The early seat, the line leader, the premium classroom spot, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. We start learning that at an early age when they start assigning grades to us. And it goes from school when we're getting grades into adult life where we're getting bonuses or promotions or parking spots or offices mm-hmm. all the dangling carrots that are always there for us that we're trying to achieve they have a measure and a performance metric based shout out to miss hamill <laughs> <laughs> my favorite person second grade miss hamill my first i was hooked it's like ladies and shoes and shopping yeah. i was hooked on winning uh, that that was my first 
you know, I think in first and kinder, you maybe get um, happy faces or, you know, S's for satisfactory. But when you start getting those numeric grades and you find out that A is for excellent. And I was always, I always loved school. Yeah. I just got hooked on. And I think they say now that all kids get trophies. Like, I don't know that participation counts because I think only the most excellent people should be recognized that when you're putting in the extra effort and time and working really hard to accomplish something. And that's why I said, even for the goal, celebrating those small wins, mm-hmm. you should just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Go for no it. Apologies for being your best. I think we talked before about attire professionally and personally, when you show up somewhere and you realize that you're dressed up and no one else is mm-hmm. no apologies, then you just happen to look great. And everyone's right. looking going, wow, she looks great. Yes, exactly. No apologies for being your no best. No apologies for being your best. No apologies for putting out the best product because then you get into that really horrible place of comparison. And stars don't compare themselves to other stars. They just shine. So that's what I'm saying to every individual about owning their success, about demanding individual excellence. It's not your supervisor's responsibility. It's not your coworker's responsibility. Even though you need a nice support system to help hold you up to stay at a high level of contribution, it's your individual responsibility to yourself to do your best. And if you choose not to, those are your circumstances that you have to live with. Yeah. Yeah. At least, Hey, if you own it, you own it's on you. So you could that in some ways, that's a great thing. Cause I can, that means I have control. I have agency. I can do better or not. I mean, I have the control. So, I mean, I think, and even if I, yeah, I say it to myself sometimes, like, you know, this may not be the right decision, but it's my decision. I, it's the best decision I can make. And if it's not, I own it, you know, but at least I made it. <laughs> at least I made the best decision at that time. So yeah, there's a there's energy in owning the things that are important to you and in doing it at your best level, whatever that is for you. I there's a lot of energy in that. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Maybe share um how people can learn more about kind of the deed to success or or kind of how they can stay connected with you. Okay. Well, I guess you've already introduced me and I've said that DMX consulting, my initials, not the wrapper, stands for demand excellence. So demand excellence is based on ownership. So my registered platform is the deed. A deed signifies the ownership like of a house. So the website deed to success, like deed, D-E-E-D, the number two success.com is my website. So your deed to success is that ownership and that accountability of your why. And so you can find out more by visiting my website at deedtosuccess.com, or you can text the word deed, D-E-E-D, to the number 66866. So if you text the word deed, D-E-E-D, then you can get a copy of my one cheater that talks about the design, education, execution, and documentation of a sustainable process that's going to lead you to the success that you deserve, which is built around what we've talked about here today the ownership and the accountability that you are responsible for your outcomes and behavior and focus. Like we've talked about today, the goals that lead you to that can help you with the clarity and the consistency to overcome those challenges, whether it's simple or it's complex. So I'd love to share that. If you log on for a consultation to book with me, uh, DMatics of DMX consulting and my website, deedtosuccess.com. Yes, absolutely. Everyone go there. Deed to success.com and deed to 66866. Get a copy of the the overview of the deed and 
um, yeah, let it help you in achieving what's most important to you. So thank you for sharing that. And I'll put it in the show notes. If anyone missed it, I'll put in the show notes as well. Thank you for joining dear friend. I appreciate you. Oh, this um, is amazing. Yes. Thank you all so much for joining today's podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Arlene underscore pace underscore green as always. Thank you guys so much for joining and be well. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where just for joining, you will receive a checklist for getting your LinkedIn profile in top shape and a link to the first chapter of my book. Click join the crew in the show notes. I also invite you to visit my website where you can shop our t-shirt collection designed to help you fulfill your purpose, love your work, and enjoy your life. I have them all, wear one almost every episode, and know you will love them. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey. Let's go. Bye.